Hey, this is John Anik. This is Dave Manley. This is John Hackleman, a.k.a. Pitmaster. You are listening to MMA Wreckage Radio. All right, guys, welcome back. Yes, Randall, I'm with you on that one, man. I'm really excited for this episode. We've got Lex McMahon, we've got Jason Soros, and we've got Wally back with us yet again. Wally. Man, killer episode here. The boss man, Lex McMahon. I'm really looking forward to sitting down and talking with him. And I'm super looking forward to the champ, though, bro. We got Jason coming in. Oh, man. Going to be a good interview there as well. But first, we're going to recap everything that happened in Russia. We've got our resident European on hand for us. Wally, talk us through Saturday, or, uh, Saturday morning's card. Yeah, what's up, Ben? What's up, guys? What's up, Randall? How are you? What's up, brother? How's everything out there in France? I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. So let's talk about the UFC St. Petersburg in Russia, we start off with the, the first fight, Magomed Mustafaev against Mustafaev. A fucking spinning back kick. Fuck, <laughs> Man, came out of nowhere, too. Just fucking beautiful. There's only been a handful of times it's actually landed and worked. I mean, it landed fuck, through the guard. Kick. Like he had his yeah. hands up. It still put him on his ass. Just an amazing, all-around amazing performance. Uh, it won him a performance of the night bonus. I mean, he finished the fight in a minute and 35 seconds. What more can you ask for? He's a really good fighter, that Michael. He's scary, scary lightweights, man. Yeah. After that, we have Michal. I'm not going to say the name because I can't. We by KO first round. Yes. This guy, Michal, I believe, can be a next big contender for uh, his division because last time he, he defeated Dennis Davis for the giant Atlantic. He's a biggest fan. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, uh, on a big winning streak. He's on a, yeah, he got caught by Kusada because of uh, he can be a major player in the, in the light heavyweight division. How uh, do you think he would fare against current light heavyweight champion John Jones? Dude, he's a, John Jones is on another level. Nobody's... A, even Chabu is something... But eventually something. possibly going up to the heavyweight division... Could that clear Michelle to be an eventual potential by heavyweight champion? Yeah, like right now, 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 now it's too soon to talk about that. If he's really like a championship material, he needs to go against uh, fighters like uh, Glover Teixeira, and uh, you know, right now it's too soon. But maybe, maybe he has potential. Maybe he will do that. He's he's young. He's twenty four years old. Huh? For a heavyweight guy, like twenty four, he's really young. Do you think with another, you know, five, six wins, Olashechek could be in title contention conversation? 
Yeah, maybe. Why not? But the fact of the matter is, John Jones is on another level. So those guys won't, will never be champion if John Jones is still in that division. Only if Johnny Walker defeat him, and I believe only Johnny Walker can defeat John Jones right now. Man, what about Shemov? I mean, I knew this guy was going to be a problem when he came over from BFL or fighting. And, I mean, he really proved that in this fight. Yeah, so, so, so he defeated a big uh, big guy like Tabor. It's not a, not a joke. He's, yeah. uh, he's the real deal, and he defeated him so long now. Yeah. It's a big W for him. So after that, we have Alexander Yakolev who defeated uh, Alex Da Silva Coelho by, by Guillotine Choke in the second round. Then we I'm have... really looking forward to Alex Da Silva. Uh, I really feel like he came out and just dropped a goose egg on us. Um, I really hope in his next UFC performance we can see a lot more out of him. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, so... After that, we have Sultan Aliyev against Keita Nakamura. Sultan Aliyev win by decision. Then we have Mossar Aliyev against Shang Wu Choi. Another decision win for Mossar Aliyev. It's kind of ironic that we went back to back decisions finally because I mean the first couple of fights were fucking yeah. firework finishes and firework finishes and it was just amazing. Uh, it slowed down. It slowed down a little bit so. After that, we have uh, Yotko, who wins by unanimous decision. Now, this is going to start at the main card, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. Yeah, so Yotko wins. It's a uh, solidify his uh, current uh, state. What do you think about that, uh, Ben? What do you thought about uh, his performance for Yotko? It was a, just a complete performance. It was something that... You know, I was really expecting this, honestly. It wasn't anything that was, oh, holy shit, look at him go. I mean, we all at least kind of thought that, I think we all kind of thought Jotko was going to come back and destroy any opposition. I mean, he was ranked top 15 and went out for a while, and I don't think his uh, place in the rankings really shook too much, did it? And... He was ranked at one point, I believe, and then he went out for a while, and I think he's on his way back to being a ranked fighter again. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's a good W point. He was on a three-losing streak, so now he's back on the win column, so it's good for him. I think that's just what he needs. He needs another couple of good wins and get himself back to where he needs to be. Absolutely. So, after that, we have Roxanne, one of the players who won by split decision against Antonina Shevchenko. That had to have been the most impressive performance in my eyes in this entire card. I mean, no one expected Roxanne to go in there and beat Antonina. Everyone was looking at Antonina as a future challenger to her sister's flyweight title. And Roxanne just went in there and took it to her. Now, does John Bigwood have the fucking blueprint to beat a Shevchenko? Because he's got another young lady in his division, a very, very high-ranked flyweight. He's got Jojo Calderon sitting there, and he's in her corner also. Could we eventually see what Roxanne used against Antonio, Jojo used against Valentina? 
Yeah, maybe. But, you know, Roxanne, she, she had many fights in the UFC and she had many MMA fights. So the fact that uh, the experience may went to, to, to his, uh, her favor, you know, I believe that was the key of the fight for her. The key, the key for the W. She, uh, I can't remember who it was on my friends list that posted this, but this is stolen from somebody else. I mean, she wrote the book on how to beat a Shevchenko, like Randall said. Yeah. Uh, that might have been... But yeah, again, cool. I'm really interested Shevchenko is not uh, It's not the same thing. Yes, she's her sister, but it's not the same. That doesn't mean that if, you def- if she beats her, uh, that means that uh, it's the same thing for Valentino. I just think it's the way that they beat her and the way it happened is what I was pointing out. And I feel like if JoJo can use that same mindset that that Roxanne came in with, I feel like she could take Valentina down one day. And I'm a huge Valentina Shevchenko fan. Yeah. I see your point. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So we have... After that, we have Sergei Pavlovich, who won by KO in the first round against Marcelo Gaon. Oh, he then, smoked him, man. One yeah. minute, eight seconds, it was great. It was beautiful, yeah. fucking, too. He made it quick, so we can go to the co-main event. Who was, maybe it was uh, the, the best fight of the night. Islam oh, easy. It won fight of the night. Yeah. So, Korean. Like I said before, this lightweight division in the UFC is just so stacked. Islam Makachev, ladies and gentlemen, is ranked towards the bottom. Yeah. So let's just put that into perspective right now. He's ranked towards the bottom. His teammate is all the way at the top, Khabib Nurmagomedov. Yeah. Now, this lightweight division is stacked from 1 through 15. Just imagine if they did a lightweight tournament to try to figure this whole fucking thing out. A big 16-man lightweight tournament. Khabib Nurmagomedov gets a first-round bye. What if they create a new division between the lightweight and the welterweight? See, that's also an option, but that's something Dana has been very adamant about saying no. Now, before you hound me about everything that Dana said no about... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I hear you, brother. I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> Right now, we will, we will go with Dana and say that, no, it's not happening. But uh, I believe it will happen, because at some point, if, if Khabib continue to, if he defend his title and uh, he defeat like Dustin Poirier and Tony, he needs to, to, move, to move up, to work through it, to see another challenge. So, creating the new, uh, new division, I believe it's uh, the key. But uh, let's go back to Islam Makhachev. Islam Makhachev, like... What's next for What's next for him? Do you think that he needs to fight like a, a top five guy or just wait a little? What do you think, that Ben? What do you think? I think the rankings are there for a reason, and uh, I mean, with as impressive as his performance was, there's still a whole list of hungry guys ahead of him that deserve a shot as much as he could argue for. I mean. Look at the rest of the division. Charles Oliveira, James Vick, Alexander Hernandez, Gregor Gillespie, that's up to 11. Then you have Paul Felder, Pettis, Cerrone, Barboza, Kevin Lee, and that's up to 6. From there you have Gigi Iaquinta, McGregor for some fucking reason, then Ferguson Poirier. 
he, he defeated the the, uh, the the interim to champion, so I believe Connor deserves his uh, his, his legs right like, there. I now that I've read you those names, that is a list of murderers row. All right, you want to tell me yeah. that Islam Makachev deserves? I want to see Islam Islam Makachev versus James Vick. Yeah, or I guess uh, Hernandez. Hernandez. Uh, I mean, yeah, that they've actually. Uh, had a little history back and forth to him. Alex hasn't really got into it, but I know uh, Islam definitely came at him a little bit. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe I was I would go with Hernandez, or like you said, he will uh, go against. Uh, you said that you. Uh, you said well, what? What was the name? You James said uh, Vick. James Vick. Yeah, James Vick. Uh, James Vick would be a good fight for him because he needs a real challenge right now, I believe. Yeah, I mean, this is so. I mean, do you give them maybe Edson? Oh, Edson. Edson would be a good fight, but yeah, I don't know if he's ready. Yeah, maybe if we get to the start of the line, maybe he will fight against Edson, but I Paul don't Felder. think he's ready. Felder is a killer. But is, but is Felder fighting uh, in uh, lightweight or is he is in welterweight? Because in, that's that how he fought against Mike Perry. No, 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 no. Yeah, Felder lost against Perry. Really? Yeah. Are you sure about that? Because um, he didn't just beat James Vick? My heart. My soul. Is broken. He just beat James Vick, bro, in Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. You look, yeah, you look very sharp. Hold on. Can you say that again? Can you say that again? Like what? Paul Felder? James Vick? No, sir. I say that I'm right. You're right. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> off, oh, brother. Yeah, I'm you're right. Of you it. are right. Randall, you are right. You're such a prick. Yeah. yeah, when I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. When you're right. And I say when you're right. Yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> so what, what happened in this main event here, Wally? So, the main event, like, last week, I was... I was saying that Olenek maybe would go, would take the fight to the ground and win, and uh, that's not really what happened. Uh, so Overeem just went fucking uh, over him and won by, by TKO and uh, finished the fight very quick. I think I would say. So yeah, but what what's what's the conclusion of this fight? Like. Overeem won against Olenek. Yes, it's a good fight. It's a good main event for him. It's a big W. Is it a big W? I don't know, but it's a W for him. But what's next for him? Like, he lost to the... He already fought for the title and lost, and... Uh, well, I don't know, I don't know what to make of that. That was originally supposed to take place. Yeah. It was Volkov. Yes, I want to see him versus Volkov. Yeah, that would be a good fight. I think... I think Volkov uh, beat the shit out of Overeem because he don't have the draw right now, but uh, who knows? No, no, yeah, Volkov against Overeem would be the fight to make. What do you think, uh, around, uh, Ben? Which one of us? Ben, Ben. I said Ram Ben. Yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Ram Ben. Yeah, Ram Ben. The weird crossbreed baby that comes from the Jew and the Indian, <laughs> born into MMA wreckage royalty. All right, yeah, no, I think that uh, it could be a Volkov fight as long as Overeem doesn't hit him hard. Yeah, he called him out actually after the fight. 
Yeah, Orion called him out. He said that he won't fight him, so... Yeah. Or they called him out against Orion, I would say. That's very... Very interesting matchup. I think we get that one back. But real quick, we're going to throw it to a quick word to our, our from our sponsors, and we'll be right back. What's going on? This is Damon from Tell the Monster, and you're listening to Ben and Randall on MMA Wreckage Radio. I also want to let you know you can find all of our music streaming now on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere else music lives. Be sure to like us on Facebook at Tell the Monster. You have been awoken. Alright guys, as we look forward to a very stacked Titan FC 54 card, we have the boss man, the COO, Lex McMahon with us. How are you doing today, Lex? I'm doing awesome, man. Thank you so much for having me on, guys. No, of course, and uh, like I was saying out there, thank you for taking time out of your day with us. I know you're super busy. Titan FC 54, if people are living under a rock, they don't know, but I'm going to tell them right now, Dana White is going to be in the house, man. How oh, excited shit. are you, are you for that? that yeah, he's going there, man. <laughs> yeah, man, we're pumped. We can't wait to have him. So uh, tell me a little bit what that process was like. I know Jason played a big part of it, and I know he actually gave him his phone number after his last win. Yeah, I mean, on honestly, we have been uh... – had this in the works for a while, you know, and I man, there you are vaping again, brother. I see you. I promise and the house is not burning down. And if it is, man, <laughs> if it is, the floors aren't hot yet. So we've got time. Don't worry. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right, man. Um, but you know, Dana and I have, uh, you know, we have a really good relationship and we were negotiating, uh, you know, our new deal for, for UFC fight pass. Um, you know, I told Dana, I said, listen, you know, one of the things that, that's really important to me is that we get you to come out with looking for a fight and that we take, you know, get that kind of higher level of exposure. He's like, brother, you know, we'll make it happen. We've got to find the right time. And uh, I found out that uh, the UFC was coming to, um, you know, Miami, the Miami area. And uh, I immediately sent him a message. I'm like, look, man, this is the perfect time. Let's do it. I got the perfect guy, this kid who threw out his phone number to you, you know, after he had that violent last knockout. He's like, man, I love it. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. And, uh, you know, we slowly put it together, and his team has been awesome to work with. And, uh, you know, obviously he's awesome to work with. So, you know, we're, like I said, we're excited to have him, man. we got a lot of cool stuff going on with him this week. Yeah, you hinted last time when we spoke to big things were on the horizon for 54. And uh, yeah. this is definitely a big one, man. I'm super excited for it. Uh, Jason has a huge opportunity in front of him. Uh, he's phenomenal. I mean, we've interviewed him before. His, the composure he has is just really destined for that next level. Yeah, I mean, I think he's, you know, he's got all the tools in, in terms of skill set. Um, but he's also charismatic. He understands marketing himself. Uh, you know, he, he's got the whole package, so I think he's going to do well at the next level, and, and hopefully this is going to be the opportunity that springboards him. Dude, I mean, listen, Dana's coming to see him. I then built a stacked card so that, you know, Dana got to see a lot of the talent that we have, but Dana's coming to see Jason Thorpe, no question about it. Now, one of the things that I'm really interested to talk to you about, and I'm just going to fire right out of the gate here, 
Uh, since we spoke to you last, we've seen uh, TJ Dillashaw accept his two-year suspension. We've seen, I believe it was Ruslan Magomed- yeah. or Magomedov get a lifetime ban. What are the... Yeah, plus, we saw the whole Juan Puerta thing happen at 53, too. Yeah. yeah. So, what steps do you take to drug test your fighters? And what are the processes or, you know, organizations that you use to drug test fighters? Yeah, you know, I mean, each organization is different. What we do is we work in conjunction with the, the Florida State Boxing Commission, um, and they um, routinely test randomly fighters on the card as well as always test championship fights. Um, so we work in conjunction with them, and when they make the tests, we support their findings. And, and you know, in this instance with Puerta, it was a really interesting one because – very well the tests came in you know i i felt that it wasn't the right decision to not let the kid fight and you know take away from the fans an amazing main event take away from uh Ballard the opportunity to fight you know it's just i felt like it could have been handled differently um i have a ton of respect for the florida boxing commission timothy shipman and patrick cunningham they're great guys uh they work hard they do a good job i think in that instance they didn't get it right but to their credit they sat down with myself and, um, you know, several of uh, the folks in the UFC, and, and we talked through it, and they came to what I believe is a, a reasonable solution on the go forward. Um, so we won't run into that same sort of situation again where, where we're having a full main event, literally moments before, you know, fighters are about to walk. Uh, yeah, you said it was one of the weirdest things you've ever done in your life. It was surreal, man. Like, one, to have to go tell one kid that he couldn't fight, to have to tell the other kid that his opponent had just tested positive and neither one of them were going to be able to fight. Um, and, and then having to, to let the fans know. And, and when I did that, I didn't know fully, to be honest, how far, how much I could say. You know, I needed to talk to counsel and, and understand was I, if I went out and said that Puerta just tested positive, was I, you know, violating confidentiality? You know, there was just, it was just so awkward, man. Like, you know, I'm not a guy who's, you know, one who gets caught in, in terms of my ability to speak. I'm not shy, you know, and uh, I, I definitely say what's on my mind. But that was such a weird instance. So I had to collect myself and, you know, I gave the fans just enough information that I could. And then, you know, sat down with the team and figured out what we could and could not say. And then, you know, we did our interviews and we moved on and, and actually, on this uh, Saturday morning, we'll be going to a hearing for Mr. Puerta uh, with the Florida Commission, and um, we'll see what happens. You know, I mean, I think that he's, you know, his test results came back. They have those test results. I think a lot of it will be determined by his attitude when he goes in, and if he's humble and sincere, which I believe he will be, uh, it owns up to his mistake. He'll probably get a more lenient suspension, and you know. Um, if that's the case, then I'm not going to strip him of his belt. And because again, the way things were handled, he wasn't right. He was, he was a bad actor in this situation. Had he not done this, we wouldn't be in this situation, but the commission also didn't handle it the right way. So I felt the best way to approach it was to, to, you know, work with him to educate him why what he did didn't make sense. Use it as a teaching moment. So we're actually going to have him speaking to the Marjorie Stillman Douglas um, wrestling team and <clears throat> explaining what what he did, why it was wrong, and how he's going to benefit from it. And then also he's going to work with them. Uh, he's a great wrestler. He's going to help them as a wrestling coach. 
Um, and, you know, hopefully the commission's leaning on him. You know, I'm going to go to the, the meeting and then speak on his behalf because he is a good dude who made a mistake, you know, and I think he's suffering the consequences of it, and I don't think he needs to be punished indefinitely. And we're talking about a substance, marijuana here, that is legal in the state that I'm currently sitting in right now. So Hell, I smoke pot. I mean, yeah, you know what I, mean? I was going to say, something I just fucking... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, let's be honest. This is not 1920s, man. Like, this is the totally. reality is, is marijuana, CBD, all those things. Th those are things that they're beneficial, you know, um, there's beneficial, beneficial components to them. No, they're and not. To, to treat it as a Schedule One <laughs> narcotic doesn't make any sense, you know? It's dangerous. You know, so that's why I, I am on the more lenient side with this issue, you know, is, I mean, listen, the rules are rules. You got to follow them. But let's find some rational understanding of what this really is and then deal with it. Now, outside of Jason, who are some other guys who we should be watching out for on this card? Well, I'm going to tell you, we we never have 13 fights. We've got 13 fights. This is so stacked. I wanted to showcase all the amazing talent that we have on our roster, and I would have put on the best fight card possible with Dana Kane. Because I talk a big game. I talk a lot of shit. I'm like, Dana, we got some great fighters. And he's like, bro, show me. I'm like, cool, no problem, man. I will show you. So, I mean, our co-main event is like two Tasmanian devils going into the cage, man. You've got Rafael Alves versus Felipe Buacau Douglas. You know, 17 and 9 versus 17 and 4. Both amazing, amazing stand-up strikers. Both great ground guys. But really, they're stand-up guys that get in there and just super creative, spinning this, kicking this. Like, that's going to be a sick fight. Herbert Burns versus Luis Gomez. I tried to make that fight back in uh, at Titan FC 51 in December in Kazakhstan, but Gomez had problems with his visa getting into Kazakhstan. So that fight fell through, but now we get to have it in front of Dana, which will be awesome. Um, Marcel Fortuna, a UFC veteran. Nine and three is fighting Andreas Mikolidis. He's ten and three, phenom from Greece. Um, Babit Nazarov from Kazakhstan fighting one of the top ranked guys in the southeast, Thomas Webb. Uh, Eng Lusa is uh, six and one from Switzerland. He's one of the the main training partners for Volkan Nozdemir, and uh, he's fighting a, a young guy. This is a big step up in competition with Colin Luberts, who's undefeated three and zero. Got Mark Stevens, a seasoned veteran, 22-11, Bellator vet, um, ultimate fighter veteran. He's fighting Portis Stick. Then I get a call from the UFC. Hey, we'd like to get James Lawson on the card, a, a Penn State wrestler who you know is on the up, uh, coming up, and we're real interested in seeing him develop. Can you put him on the card? Yeah. I mean, what am I going to say? No. Right. <laughs> Jimmy Lawson's on the card. Guess exactly. And, and uh, you know, he's fighting uh, Saeed Soma, who, you know, two and one, not necessarily like a, a big record, but he's a tough, tough guy. He, he almost knocked out Steve Mowry, who's now in Bellator and is undefeated, I think, at 6-0 and or 7-0 and, and, and fought four fights for me. Um, Kenny Porter, 4-0. He's fighting a guy that I'm super excited about, Dylan uh, Salvador. Dylan won the Glory Contender Series and is like had seventy kickboxing fights and I think fifty six wins mm. out of those. Like, dude is a sick, sick striker. Um, so that's he's making his MMA debut. And then the the, the main card is being kicked off by Lucy Batode, who was supposed to fight last time, but her opponent just didn't show the way. 
didn't call, didn't write, didn't just carry a pigeon or a smoke signal, nothing, man. She just didn't show. So I rolled Lucy over, but she's a, a, a champion uh, boxer from France. Did like you check for really message in a bottle? Boxer. Yeah, didn't send the message in the bottle either. Oh, damn. Crazy. Uh, she's fighting uh, Jessica Borga uh, out of uh, Tampa. She's a tough, tough girl. Then you got a Deer Terry. Matt Waggy, you know, Deer's 6-3, Waggy's 11-5. and five. Um, Landon Quinones, this is a fight I'm super excited about here. These, these actually these first two bouts. Landon Quinones is 2-0. Uh, and oh, yeah, we spoke to Landon. We spoke to Landon. The kid's got very promising future. He does, man. He's fighting Muhammad Namoff, who did the, you know, the Petty's uh, kick off the cage the last time he fought for us. Super talented young guy. Uh, and then the first bout of the night is Shaheen Santana, three and zero versus Marco Simmons, three and zero. I mean, it's just we've got so many guys that have either undefeated records or only you know a couple of losses, and they're just amazing, amazing athletes. I'm so pumped about how uh, what a big card this is going to be for us, man. It's exciting. And Marco Simmons has this fire in him that's just undeniable I really I'm looking forward to that fight especially I mean I know yes. we've got an amazing rest of the card but that's... he's a great person on uh, in and outside of the cage like what he does for the DMD movement is amazing yeah I, I'm, I'm really I mean like I sat back I struggled because you know I'm having to convince the UFC to, to let me put more fights on fight pass right like they, they only want us to have eight well then I was like look you know you guys added a fight give me nine and then it was well how do i not have the women's mma bout with a girl who's a champion boxer like so i'm like yes. 10 you know and <laughs> so i'm just horse trading like but the cards that are on the, the fighters that are on the prelims are all sick sick fighters like i mean i don't i was i called my partner today jeff and i'm like dude i need advice man like am i looking at this the right way like the way i've set it up you know and, and making the bout order He's like, bro, I wouldn't even know where to start with that thing. Like, how do you not do what you have, you know? Yeah, no, it's amazing from top to bottom. Like you said, I'm just bummed I'm not going to be able to make it in time to watch every single fight. I'm off at like 4.30 here. So that's, what, 7.30 your guys' time. That's right when it starts. Yeah, yeah. You know, we've got – it's crazy. We've got so many people coming to this this fight from – Yes, like, that I was another thing I wanted to talk about. probably – 17 media outlets, everything from local TV affiliates to, you know, a lot of the, the mainstream MMA journalists to, um, you know, Globo and Combate from Brazil. And, I mean, we've just got so many. It, obviously, it's a big boom that the UFC is in town the next day. Yes. So we're getting a ton of that. And, and then, obviously, we've got Dana at the show. So, you know, it's yeah, and he's agreed to do a media scrum for us after, after the, uh, the fight's over. That's huge. Yeah, so it's it's just a it's just a massive opportunity for us, man, and I'm so excited for it. One thing I love about uh, Titan FC is the diversity you have all over your card. Like every single card, you guys have like eight or nine nations represented. Yeah, I, you know, man. Listen, we are in what I believe is the hotbed of MMA. I truly believe South Florida is is the place for mixed martial arts in the world. Uh, and the reason I believe is you've got two of the best gyms in the world in Hard Knocks yes. and American Top Team, and they attract talent from all over the world. So literally, I've got the best kid in his home country comes here to fight, and he comes here to train, and then he fights for me. Like, I, I, I mean, 
I'm blessed, man. It's, I'm so lucky. I mean, we made the strategic decision a few years ago to do our events here. And, you know, yes, we're expanding out and starting to do more internationally. But when we're domestic here in the States, like, this is our home, man. And why go anywhere else when, you know, we've got a great fan base and we've got so many amazing fighters and that are representing, like you said, you know, on average, eight different nations. But, you know, like when we did the Kazakhstan card, we had 12 different nations represented. You have and nine this on this one. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy, right? So when are you going to come amazing. see us up in New York? You that know, was my man. next question. When are you coming to Vegas? Yeah, you know, man, I, I don't know. Like, we've talked about Vegas with the UFC, uh, especially now that they've opened up the uh, that new facility that they're, they're that's about to open, and, and they announced that Glory is going to be doing some fights there. Yes. Um, so it's definitely something that we've talked about with them, and I think it's just figuring out the logistics of it. Um, the reality is doing a show as you travel is, is more expensive. Totally. So now you, you just got to figure out the benefit is if we do a show with them in Vegas, I think a lot of our costs go down um, because we'll piggyback off of a lot of what they have on hand already. Um, so it's definitely something that Dana and I spoke about, um, you know, when we first started uh, our new contract discussions uh, when I was out there and we've kept that dialogue ongoing and, you know, we'll, we'll see kind of when it happens, but, uh, I'll tell you right now, I mean, I just spent a week in the Dominican Republic, and um, I, I believe we're going to get a deal there that will have us doing uh, four to five shows in the Dominican Republic over the next two years. Uh, that would be awesome. Yeah, and, and we're going to use the DR as a hub to get to, to the rest of the Caribbean and to Latin America. Um, we've got some, some great folks that we're working with over there, and... Um, you know, so I, I'm just excited. You know, we're going to do Kazakhstan again, and we're looking at other markets. Um, New York, haven't got that one going yet, but, you know, we'll see. But I don't mean New York Vegas, City either. Vegas, I think it could happen. Not New York City. you got to come upstate more, man. Hit, like, Utica, Syracuse. No, nobody wants to go to If I still New had York. Desmond Green fighting for me, you're damn right I would. Because <laughs> that kid sells out, man. Dude. There's some talent up here in the amateur leagues right now. It that's really gonna, is. Dude, it's insane. Yeah. Absolutely insane. Yeah, no, listen, man, I get kids hit me up all the time from up there, man. That, you know, like, look, I just need a shot. I need, you know, I need a place to showcase my talent. And, you know, we're, I mean, I had Andre Harrison fight for us. He was a champion, you know. And, and um, so I know there's a ton of talent up in that region, you know, for sure. You know, Matt Frivola, he fought for us before we went into the UFC. So tons of talent up there, and you know, hopefully we get up there at some point. But I, I think Vegas is a lot more likely initially. Excellent. Should Don't I put in, in my media credentials now? Yeah, I, I think. The paperwork. I, I, listen, talk to talk to Eric Wall. I think I think we'll lock you in. Dude. See, that's gonna... another thing I wanted to bring up, man. Eric is one of the, the most easiest people to work with, man. He's been a pleasure. So yeah, you awesome. guys got a killer on your hands right there. Yeah, you know, I mean, listen, it, we we had a great guy in Brian Levick, and um, he was so passionate about what he did and about the fighters and about, you know, the sport and, and about Titan in general. And we, when he passed away, you know, we struggled for about a year with just our media coverage because we couldn't find anybody. I mean, look, I do, like, I'm Jamaican, dude. I do, like, damn near 19 jobs, you know, like, it's, I do so much for the company. 
But the reality is, I mean, yeah, I could pick up the phone and call Ariel Hawani. I could pick up the phone and call, you know, a couple a couple of guys and get some really impactful, powerful, you know, interviews. But the meat and potatoes of getting all of our guys' interviews and getting up and, and, and talking and doing, you know, the you know the calls with you guys and all that stuff, man. Like, I, I don't have time to set it up because I'm I'm thinking how I'm going to grow the company, not how I service a particular event in terms of media exposure. And um, when I, you know, Eric and I, we had a couple conversations, and he and I have the the kind of common experience of both being Marines, and I think that allowed us to hit it off. And you know, he can he's very professional and, and does a you know he does a kick ass job, man. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, every little thing we've ever needed help with, he's been right there and always been a, a helping hand. So he's definitely a great guy to have on the team. Awesome, awesome, man. So what else we got, man? Talk to me. Oh, I'm just an amazing card. Now, what really goes into, you know, matchmaking this and, and getting one of these put together? You know, man, I the way I look at I take my approach to matchmaking is there's a couple of things that factors I have to look at, right? First and foremost, I gotta have kick-ass fights. At the end of the day, if I don't, that's our product. So if I don't put on a really kick-ass fight card, people aren't gonna tune in. I'm gonna lose my fight pass deal. I'm gonna lose my sponsors. I'm gonna be out flipping burgers, right? Like so, I gotta put on a kick-ass fight card. So I always look at how do I create matchups that are super compelling, either stylistically or from a name perspective or all that. And then the next thing I gotta look at is just the reality. The UFC doesn't have to worry about it as much, but they still do it. They have to put the hometown guy on the card to sell tickets, right? I have to do the same thing. I have to look at, okay, I've got some sick matchups. Now i got to get some guys who are really strong ticket sellers on there, make sure I fill the arena. Um, and, and then I look at budget, man. So I have the, all, these three just, you know, the number one driver is, is the kick-ass fights, but then i got to look at, okay, do I sell enough tickets, and is it within my budget? So I balance everything out. In, in terms of making the fight card. And, you know, I'm fortunate in that we've got such great talent at all levels of, of the kind of experience pipeline that I can get guys that are, you know, young and therefore, you know, they're not as expensive, but they're super talented and maybe they have a strong fan base because they fought here on the amateur side. And, you know, then we've got the next level up and the next level up to, you know, the big name guys. And um, so, you know, that's kind of the approach I take when building the card. Randall, I don't want you to forget the one thing you wanted to talk to him about. What was it? We talked to Shorty Torres. Oh, yes, <laughs> man. So one thing we didn't get into last time is you're an agent also. You know, Shorty is I, – I was an agent for a very long time. You know, I ran a uh, pretty big agency. And I kept a few guys when I started Titan. And I have never managed anybody that's ever uh, fought for me in Titan. Um, but I helped Shorty get into the UFC. I made the call for him. Just because I make the call for everybody that fights for me, man. I, you I, said that. Literally, I'm the guy who, who set Jason up. You know, I called Dana. I sent him text messages. And he finally got him to agree to come. Like, And that was actually working in conjunction with his manager, you know, the, the guys from First Round Management. They do a great job. But at the end of the day, man, like, you know, I want my guys to go to the next level. So I make the phone calls for them, and I, you know, I help them out as much as I can. Um, Shorty was the same way. And then when, you know, he got into the UFC, I started, you know, kind of looking after him. And, you know, it was a tough thing 
when he was in the UFC, do I bring him back to Titan, which was what I would have loved to have done. But the reality is the economics were, were just at a different level. I mean, it was higher than what the UFC was paying him. So, you know, God bless him. Go on and, and do great things, young man. You know, and he did. And we were together in Jordan last week for his fight. And it was incredible. Yeah, I mean, he won his fight last week. He looked good in it. Uh, Braybot, he said, paid him a buttload of money. So, I mean, why not do it? Yeah. No, listen, at the end of the day, man, these, these guys have got short careers. You know, I mean, they've got a finite period of time. To, to, to make it happen, and, um, you know, he's had to redefine who he is as a fighter because he he made it to what was the pinnacle of the sport, you know, and then he wasn't there. So now he had to redefine what his success was, you know, and Graves taking great care of him, and um, I applaud, you know, uh, Shahid and Sheikh Khalid for the work they're doing over there. They're doing a great job, and, you know, I was happy to spend time with them. That's a great thing, that this sport... <clears throat> It's a sport where, yes, you can be competitors, but you can still have respect. You can still be friends. Like, you know, Dean Tool from Island Fights, he and I are on the phone together all the time, man, sharing fighters. And, you know, he's like, hit me up. Hey, can I come down to the fight? You know, when Dan is there, I'm like, bro, come sit right next to me. You know I mean? Like, that's what this is supposed to be. It's supposed to be a community. And um, I embrace that concept. You know, there's, you know, sometimes there's people I don't want to work with, but I bend over backwards to, to kind of be the person who says, yeah, let's all work together and have a kind of the rising tide feeling uh, of success where one group's getting, you know, as one group's getting better, we all are getting better. I love that. The MMA community turns into a big family once you get deeper and deeper into it. There's, you'd be surprised how connected everybody is, man. It's really a small, small community. You know, the, the, the folks who are the real power brokers in the sport, there's only a handful of them. Um, the, the folks that, you know, that are the, the, the stud journalists, man, there's only a handful of them. You know, like fighters, there's just not that many of them. I mean, there's 450 fighters in the UFC. You know, maybe between all the top organizations, there's 1,700 fighters. You know, it's, I'm guessing, but, you know, between... One, Bellator, the UFC, you know, Titan, you know, all these different organizations. You take the top, you know, tier one and tier two leagues, maybe it's 1,500, 1,700 fighters. That's out of the world. So, yeah, it's a pretty small community, man, because those fighters all bounce around. and You know, but that's one of the great things, man. Every time I go somewhere, I'm with people I know. So, we talked a little bit about Jimmy Lawson coming into this heavyweight division. Yeah. Could he be a potential matchup for Muhammad Usman down the road? You know, it, it's an interesting thing, right? So I'm all for it. I believe you put your studs against each other and you, you, you let them figure it out. Um, we'll see. I second that in case anyone wonders. Yeah, I mean, we'll <laughs> see, man. Hey, you know, um, Jimmy is a guy that I think, you know, he, he has – He's got to prove himself, though, right? Like, everybody thinks he's a stud from his pedigree, and the fact that he's working with DC and all those guys at American Kickboxing Academy, and Bob Cook speaks, and Javier speak really highly of him. Um, <clears throat> but he still hasn't stepped into the cage as a pro yet. So we'll, we'll see how it translates. Uh, so maybe after this fight, the next time when we're talking about, you know, 55, ask me that question again, and I'll give you a better answer. I will. I'm holding you to that. No worries, man. I hope Listen, he comes down and he's gangbusters. 
that's a pretty fun fight, you know, the motor versus him. I know. <laughs> At 265, I mean, goddamn, that'd be a three-round war. Yeah, well... I don't think it's going to go three rounds, bro. Yeah, I was <laughs> going to say. Like, sleep in that, hey, that fight. wishful thinking, rounds, right? <laughs> it's going to be ugly if it goes three rounds. Let's be honest. Heavyweights, like, I trained this morning. I'm 262. Like, by the, the, the first part of the training session, I'm good. The second part of the training session, I'm about to go tits up. So <laughs> I can go for, like, a solid two minutes. I can go for, like, a solid two minutes. I don't want to comment. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> all right man well i don't want to take any more of your time i know you're super busy this week you got dana in town and uh, a whole fight card ahead of you so i just want to thank you again for taking time out of your week and uh i can't wait to have you back again awesome man thank you guys so much for taking the time to chat and uh you know we'll catch up soon definitely man we'll see you right before titan fc 55 all right cheers guys take care are you looking for a new mma website to check out then get over to mmarecords.com for the latest news, analysis, videos, in-depth blogs, fighter interviews, and more. From the local shows to the UFC, MMARecords.com has you covered. You can find MMA Wreckage on social media, on Twitter, at MMA Wreckage, or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash MMA Wreckage. So stay up to date with all things MMA at MMARecords.com. All right, guys, at this time, we're going to be joined again by Wally, and we are going to be breaking down this weekend's UFC fight night, uh, Jacare versus Hermanson. Now, originally, this was supposed to be Jacare versus Yoel Romero, but as you know, Yoel Romero got injured, so now Jack Hermanson is stepping in to take on Jacare in the main event. To start off the night, though, we got Court McGee taking on Diego Lima. In the women's strawweight division, we have Angela Hill taking on Jody Espinal. And to kick off the or to finish the early prelims in the ESPN two portion, the main event, Jim Miller is going to be taking on Jason Gonzalez in the lightweight division. I, I like the, this new thing the UFC are doing. Like uh, the, the last fight of the early prelims is a really good fight. Having Jim Miller in early prelims. Is, uh, Good thing, like you need to do, like you need to start watching uh, on the prelims. You just need just to watch the like the the main card. You need to start for watching from the, the early prelims. No, definitely. I mean, like especially with these guys getting prime time slots on ESPN and ESPN two. I mean, yeah. before it gets to the main event that's on ESPN plus, I really feel like these two positions are almost better than being on that main card. Because on the main card, you're only going to get ESPN Plus subscriptions. On the prelims, you're going to get people who just have regular basic cable. Yeah. Absolutely. So, to kick off the uh, ESPN portion of the prelims, we have Gilbert Burns taking on Mike Davis in his UFC debut. Uh, we had Gilbert Burns on a couple weeks ago. He wasn't sure of his opponent. Mike, uh, how long ago was it when Mike got brought into this fight, Ben? Like um, through two, three weeks ago, something like that. I, I'm not 100 percent sure. I'd have to look into it. And Mike fought for a local promotion up there, right? What promotion was that? It was Cage Wars. He fought March 22nd, 2013, and won that fight by, I believe, a stoppage victory. 
Uh, it was announced on April 18th that uh, his original opponent, Eric Weisley, had pulled out uh, due to injury and was replaced by Mike Davis, who is a veteran you said of on the fights the 18th of April. Ooh, so not even a, a little more than a week from fight day. And Mike is an Island Fights veteran. Um, he's racked up some wins over there. So I, I think he's going to have a very tough challenge, but hopefully a successful debut. And you never know with these last-minute replacements, especially with a guy like Mike Davis. Gilbert Burns doesn't have a whole lot of tape on him, unlike his other opponent. So you never know what these guys can come in and do. And there's definitely guys down there on the regional circuits who can bang with these lightweights and these welterweights in the UFC. Like, those two divisions are just so stacked that no matter where you go, you're going to get some people in there that are fucking good. Yeah. But in the women's strawweight division, Carla Esparza is going to be taking on Verna Jandaroba. I fucking butchered that one, but my bad, Jonah. But, uh, yeah, Carla Esparza, man, she's been killing it. I mean, her only thing, what, she lost to Tatiana Suarez, bad. But outside of that, she's looked pretty good. And Verena Jandiroba, she's undefeated. She's fourteen and zero. She's uh, from Invicta. She's uh, yeah, she's from Invicta. So yeah, this is uh, her first UFC fight, and uh, she will be tested to be tested uh, big time against Carla Esperanza. Yeah, the cookie, the cookie monster, the cookie monster, man. And I know this next fight, Wally's super excited about. Yeah. <clears throat> Augusto Saki is going in to take on the veteran, Andre Orlovsky. The great Andre Orlovsky, who looked good, very good in that He looked good. Four of them went to decision, but his striking looked good. His head movement looked good. I really believe that we will put on a show against Augusto Saka, and I believe Orlovsky is going to win. Yes, he's going to win. Stop shaking your <laughs> I don't know, bro. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Arlovsky, I feel like, is a sh- obviously he's a shell of his former self. But yeah. I just don't feel like, where, where is he going to hang with these top 15 in the heavyweight division now? Yeah. Does he still have it left in the tank? We'll see. <clears throat> but in the, welter, in the welterweight division, we have Ben Saunders taking on Takashi Sano. Shit. So that'll be the main event for the ESPN portion of the uh, USC fight card. But I'm pretty excited about that. Ben Saunders goes in there. He always puts on a hell of a show. So you know that he's going to be on a great one. Yeah. I actually had the uh, pleasure of meeting Ben Saunders after he got his win in Utica. He's a very nice person, very humble. Um, as you saw after his loss at his fight right after Utica, <clears throat> excuse me, he lost and then went to his opponent and asked his opponent to talk him through the finishing sequence and, and he learned from that experience and that's what you want to see out of the sport. Yeah, absolutely. So then to go into the, uh, ESPN plus portion of the card, now, again, we get another fucking six great fights, and I'm super excited about that. We have Roosevelt Roberts taking on Thomas Gifford. Um, don't know about a whole lot about these two gentlemen. Hopefully, you two can fill me in somewhere here. So, Roosevelt Roberts is an undefeated fighter. He's 7-0. He's uh, been in Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series. 
he won uh, by a really naked choke and uh, after that he got his first his first uh, UFC fight and he won again by a uh, guillotine choke so I believe his ground game is good because I see that he have a, like a, in his seven wins he have four submission and three KO TKO so they are all finishes so I believe it will be an exciting fight against uh, Thomas Grifford who is actually right now it's, it's his first UFC fight although those two are like a new new blood in the UFC like I believe that they will do they will try to make their best uh, to prove themselves that they are uh, that they deserve their, play, their place in the UFC in the next fight we have John Lineker taking on Corey Sanhagen Corey Sanhagen is a fucking beast let me tell you guys out of uh, the lab down here in Phoenix I mean I really feel like he's going to definitely cement himself in this bantamweight division with this fight. Huge step up in competition, but it's well deserved. Yeah, but Lineker is a fucking killer, man. Like in the, in the, the knockout power he had for the for the for a bantamweight guy, for real, dude, he hit hard. Oh, so it's Corey Sanhagen. I mean, a lot of his wins are from TKO and KO. I mean, yeah. he lands. Eight fucking strikes per minute. So I mean, can Lineker hold up with that? Hmm. I don't know, but we will see. We will see. But this is a big test for him because Lineker, for me, Lineker is ten and one, man. Yeah, I'm telling you, Corey Sanhagen is a real deal, and he's gonna step into this bantamweight division and make some waves. We will see. But Lineker, his last loss was against TJ Dillashaw. Uh, other than that, he uh, didn't lose like for a. Uh, for for a long time, so this is a big test for your boy for your boy Corey Sandhagen. If you had to make a prediction, Wally and Ben, who do you got? Lineker Sandhagen. How did they win? What round? I'm on the Sandhagen hype train, man. Um, what else is there to say about the kid other than the fact that he's phenomenal at what he does? Um, I really think that we're looking at a future champion here. Um, no matter how you cut it, he's just, in the UFC, he's, he's flawless. I believe in the UFC going out there and earning, uh, TKOs and armbar, I think is, is, uh, his three wins in the UFC, correct? Somebody yes, look I believe into that. so. Um, but no, I, I really, I really like the potential that this kid has, and like I said, I think we're looking at a future champion here. If you had to have me make this prediction, I think he's going to go out there and edge out a very close decision uh, against John Lineker. Uh, yeah, I have to agree with you on the Corey Sanhagen part of it. We lost Waleed for a second, so we'll get his opinion when he gets back. But yeah, like I said, Corey Sanhagen, I'm, I'm fucking, I'm on this hype train, and I'm definitely expecting it to keep going. Uh, Waleed, who do you think, John Lineker or Corey Sanhagen? I will go with Joe Lineker, first round knockout. Uh, I will, even if it's not John Lineker, I would say that this fight's going to be a, a one-round fight because I believe the two fighters are going to for the kill. But I would say John Lineker, I mean, with his experience, I would say John Lineker is going to win. Now, another interesting matchup in the light heavyweight division this evening is Glover Teixeira is taking on Ion Kutalaba. Uh, Glover Teixeira is currently ranked 11th. Ion is not currently ranked right now, but Kutalaba is a fucking beast. And he goes in there 
with reckless abandonment, and he's ready to throw hands with anybody in that light heavyweight division. On this night, he goes a man who is going to do just that with him. Glover Teixeira is going to keep going forward, and I don't see either one of these two guys taking a step back. Yeah. Glover Teixeira, what, what do you think about this fight, man? I think it's a barn burner. I mean, Glover's one of those guys that'll take you to a fight in a phone booth. I mean, he likes to get in there close and, and throw those hands and work the dirty boxing, but I, I don't know. I, I think for an old dog, I think he's going to go out there and, and pull out the victory. I mean, look at his opponent, though. He's been knocking dudes out left and right, submitting yeah. them. So, I mean... I'm going to go Christian Labber my first round KO. Yeah, you think so? I, I might have to disagree with you, unfortunately. I think Glover Teixeira's got one or two more left in him, man. I think he's got a couple of shockers left in there. Yeah, I would say the same. Uh, I think uh, Glover Teixeira with the experience, I say that maybe... Uh, it, it, Glover Teixeira will maybe not... Maybe he cannot hang right now with the top guys in this division. But when it comes to newcomer, I believe that they are not really ready for him. Well, no matter who you think is going to win, one thing's for certain. Do not blink. In the welterweight division, Alex Oliveira is taking on Mike Perry. Now, this is a great fight. Cowboy versus Platinum Mike Perry, man. I'm super excited about this. Cowboy or Mike Perry's already fought one Cowboy in the UFC. He might as well fight the other one. So uh, Alex Oliveira draws the number this time. And it's, in, again, another one of those situations where I don't see either one of those guys taking a step back. Yeah, will Mike Perry, uh, his girlfriend, will, will his fiance right now, will uh, corner him again? I will think it's his him? wife now. Yeah, it's his wife. I'm sorry. You think it will be? She will be in his corner. You better be. Yeah, I like her. I, she got. There are a lot of people who uh, talk a lot of shit about her because uh, she didn't give him good advice. But uh, I don't know. I think uh, I, I like the the, the dynamic the dynamic he have uh, with her. I. I really like it. And Mike Perry, fucking Mike Perry is a great fighter. And I believe that right now, with his, like, right now when he have a good training cap, I believe he can do big things in the UFC. And I think that uh, he's going to win against Alex uh, Oliveira. I got Cowboy by decision. Ben, what do you got? Cowboy decision. I would dis- I disagree with you both. I would say Mike Perry maybe finish maybe we'll finish him in the second. Yeah, okay. Okay. Now a controversial figure we have here in the UFC is current heavyweight Greg Hardy. He is going to be taking on Dmitry Smolikov in a heavyweight bout this Saturday night. Greg Hardy had his UFC debut in obviously controversial fashion. He got disqualified when he illegally kicked Chase Sherman in the head as he was down. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, Greg's would fucking learn from his mistake and we can get through a whole fight this time. I really see Greg Hardy going in there and just throwing fucking caution to the wind and trying to knock this guy out. If he doesn't knock him out within the first minute and a half, two minutes, I see Dimitri winning this fight by decision. Yeah, the the to to be to be one hundred percent real, I was, I say that Dana White is trying to feed him nobodies to build the, his MMA record for real because uh, 
he's trying to create something uh, from someone like and uh, nobody really care about him Greg Hardy because uh, because of his past and because the way he fought in his first UFC the way he kicked uh, illegally the guy I would uh, I would I will root for uh, for the other guy. I would I would one hundred percent one hundred percent root for him, but I would say that Greg Hardy is gonna win. Ben, Ben, prediction. Greg Hardy second round knockout. If I had to give you something that I could stand by. Any comments on either one of them? Other than the fact that Greg Hardy's got some heavy hands, and that's. You know what you got to look out for with him. I mean, you guys have said all I could say. So, Jacare Souza is taking on Jack Hermanson in the main event this evening. And obviously, like I spoke about, Jacare was supposed to take on Yoel Romero. That was an interesting match, but one that I was really looking forward to. But don't be mistaken, Jack Hermanson can very well walk in to Florida and shock the world and easily beat Jacare Sosa, the number four middleweight in the world. The good thing about not having Yoel Romero facing right now Jacare Sosa is that Romero is going to fight against Costa, and uh, this fight, like, the, the hype for this fight is is really big because the two, the two guys talked a lot of shit about each other. So, other than that, let's, about Jacare Sosa, his last fight was against Chris Weidman, and he looked... Good against Chris Weidman. Even even Chris Weidman looked good, but Jacare Souza with the, he KO'd him in the last round. And uh, Jack Hermanson, his last fight was against David Branch, and he submitted him. So this is a big uh, middleweight fight. And uh, if I'm gonna pick a winner, I will go with uh, Jacare always and forever. Oh, Walid, what are you doing? Man, the crack in France must be fucking phenomenal. (laughs) Are you you really going to pick? Dude, you know what? We're just going to see how that one works for you, buddy. I'm going to go with Hermanson via decision. No, but seriously, elaborate. Does, it, does this have anything to do with Jacare beating Chris Weidman? No. I'm actually... I'm a fan of Chris <laughs> Weidman as a person, not a fighter. Okay? And okay. I'll tell you why I, off I the air. That. I'll tell you why off the air. Alright? The only thing that I like oh. about Chris Weidman was the fact that the only fight that I was able to watch from my father before he passed away was when he sparked Anderson Silva. Okay. But so, do do you do you dislike Jacare Souza? No, I have no problem with him. No problem he's with Jacare. Oh no! Can you tell me that Hermanson's gonna poop on him? He's just gonna go in there and ruin him. I don't know, brother. He's gonna walk through him. He's gonna make it look easy, man. Like I want you to go back and watch the the Gerald Mearshard fight. All right. Yeah. And that's gonna be what happens. But you know, if the or, fights go to the or ground, go back, a, go back a month. Watch what he did to David Branch. It's not yeah, gonna be much I know. different. But Jacare Souza in the ground is another level, man. You know, it's true. Sure, I'll give I'm you that. You. But I just don't feel like 
He's gonna do it to Manson, man. It's you striking, Jacko. It's striking. But Manson's so good, brother. Dude, that's I'm telling you. We're, we're watching an upcoming superstar fucking do his thing. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, let's see. Let's see if he's gonna prove me wrong. Dude, he is. He's gonna prove you so fucking wrong that you're gonna apologize for forever picking him. <laughs> I'm not doing shit on no. the guy. I just said what I thought. I, I believe no. Jacare Souza is on another level. And Jacare Souza is on another level. I'm, I'm not disagreeing. But, but Dana told him personally if he's gonna win this fight, his next his next fight is gonna be for the title. So Jacare Souza is. He's fighting for something this time. Like it's not just fighting because he, he have we have not, this time. If he wins, he got to fight for the title, and I believe this will he <laughs> will he will go and kill the guy. I don't know, man. I think that yeah, I, don't know. I think that Hermanson's got him. Mm, we'll see. We'll see. Ramble, you you say. Uh, I'm gonna go with Hermanson with a fourth round stoppage. I don't know how it's gonna happen. I just don't know he's gonna stop. He's too he's too well rounded to know really how it's gonna happen. That's his issue. That's the biggest issue with picking how he's gonna finish this fight is he's too well rounded. And so is Jacare. Uh maybe. Nah, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe. We will see. I'm just we being a see. prick about it. I'm sorry. I'm, I can't, I can't pick against Hermanson. Dude, he's just been too impressive. And you're gonna see, he's gonna shock the world. The whole I don't world. think it's really gonna. I think he's just gonna shock the casuals. He's gonna shock the whole wide world. Everybody in the whole motherfucking building is going to have their jaw on the floor. It's going to be one of those. Every no, for sure. Person. But definitely there's some great fights coming up, guys. Do not miss this Saturday's action. We're going to cut it to a word of our sponsor real quick. And we'll have a quick little outro before we leave. Yo, there's Ty Clark and listen to MMA Wreckage. And at this time, guys, we have a very special guest with us. Joining us right now is the Titan FC featherweight champion, Jason, the specimen Suarez. Jason, how are we doing? I'm doing awesome. Taking ready for Friday. Happy to see Dana White, and thanks a lot for having me on your show. Oh, man, it's always an honor to have a champ on, especially you. It was a pleasure having you the last time. I mean, it was one of my favorite interviews to date. And I'm really looking forward to this one. Unfortunately, uh, Randall's not with us right now. There's some technical difficulties that prevented him from uh, this interview. We're going to sort those out, and we'll we'll get through those, so don't worry there, guys. But the biggest thing that I was wondering is you, your last time, I believe it was your last time out, you got the victory impressively, and you said, Dana White, here is my number. I'm not going to say it again, uh, just because you're already sick of getting texts, I'm sure. But you said, here's my number. Fucking call me. Let's do this. I'm ready. You've proven that you're ready. You've proven that you can handle yourself with the best. Do you feel that you are responsible for Dana White being in the building on Friday? Yes. Uh, not in, 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 in an uncocky way, I definitely have some, uh, a lot of responsibility for Dana White coming. But at the same time, you know, we have Titan's a great show. And awesome studio, and he has a, a great deal. Um, we got to give him a lot of the credit for bringing Dana in as well, too. But I'm, I mean, I, I, I'm pretty sure my, my 12-0 record, my call-out, my impressive finish, Help, you know, convince Dana to come and watch. 
Well, that, and I mean, you did have your time on the Ultimate Fighter, and just if you look back at your record, you're looking at rear naked chokes, one right after another for a while. They're arm bars, you know. You've just completely ruined people on your path so far, and it's 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 amazing. It's impressive. I know I would not want to stand across the cage from you. Uh, hats off to Anderson Hutchins, uh, Hutchinson for wanting to do that. Excuse me. Um, what does this opportunity really mean to you as a fighter? How how much does this mean to you? Well, first, uh, that, that guy you mentioned, the Hutchinson the guy, he's not fighting anymore. It's a new guy named Franca. Oh, I'm sorry. I've got the wrong page yeah. in front of me. Yeah, no, no, you were right. They just they pulled out, and then, um, so I like, like, three weeks ago, just kind of took He's from ATT Coconut Creek. But um, his opportunity is huge for me. You know, like, I, I, you have to take advantage of these opportunities. I got Dana White sitting in the front row to watch me. And um, I'll be damned if I put on a bad performance. You know, I'm going to go out there and give it everything and do what I always do, break my opponent and win. And what tools have we put together that we're packing in the bag to bring with us to, uh, to make sure that we do that? Listen, I, I really feel that, that I'm a complete fighter. I have a great position, great wrestling, great striking, a power on my hand. I mean, it, I'm, I'm just going to use all the tools that, that I want we know this guy's a, a good jiu-jitsu guy, and um, I'll beat him in jiu-jitsu. I'll keep it standing. I'll take him down. Whatever, whatever I feel like it needs to be done in the middle of the fight. Is there any sort of uh, prediction you can give us? Yeah, it'll be, it'll be finished in, inside two rounds, and it'll either be knockout or guillotine, probably. I love it. I would love to see a nice slick choke. Oh, you're going to put the cherry on top of the beautiful cake that is going to be this Titan 54 card. Now, let's say, best case scenario, we go out there, we get the guy, Dana White says, holy fuck, you've done it, here's your contract. How soon will we find out about that? I'm pretty sure I can announce it right away. I mean, it'll be signed right away. I mean, it's announced that Dana White's coming. I'm not sure. Maybe I have to hold it for a little bit because I have to air the show. But um, as soon as I'm allowed to announce it, I will. But listen, you can bet your ass I'm getting a contract on Friday, right? Like, it's already done. I just got to go out there and win. Now, see, I was talking to somebody about this, and they said, watch Soros go out there. He's going to get this contract. You're going to see him. He's going to debut in about a year. And I'm like, no, 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 no. No, he's not going to wait a year. I think what's going to happen is you're going to get that that contract, and you're going to end up being like a last-minute fill-in. You'll have a quick turnaround in into the UFC. It's how I see you going in. My plan is that I already I'm not I'm not only really like looking for the contract. I'm going to get a contract, and right there I'm going to ask Dana White for a top ten guy. Like I want to get right into the mix. I want to fight right away, and I want to fight a top ten guy. I think that's very realistic. Let me pull up these top ten rankings. Let's talk about a couple names here. Any you. of them. For real. And see, that's the thing that I love about you. You're just you're ready to go at all times, and that's why I think you'll end up being a last-minute fill-in for somebody who gets injured or pops by USADA or, you know, whatever, stubs their vagina, gets a fat lip. I don't care how they do it. You're going to be the guy that steps in there and shocks the world. I, that's your, your destiny. That's going to be your UFC debut. And I'm waiting for it. And I'm telling you, I am going to be asking Dana. After I get the contract, Kobe tells me, listen, Dana, I only want the contract, but I want a top 10 guy and I want an ASAP. 
How about you bringing in back Yar Rodriguez? That would be fun. That's an easy fight right there. <laughs> I mean, he's only fight, 12 in the fight. rankings. Would you take a number yeah, 12? I'll fight, I'll fight Yar in a second. That's just, I'll, listen, you'll see exactly what Frankie Edgar did. I'll take him down, have him in the face, and focus. You know, he's a, he's a fancy striker, front runner kind of guy. Now, what about Ricardo Lamas moving up? I mean, I know some of these guys I'm going to mention already have fights booked, and I'm sorry for that, but I'm just interested to see what your reactions are to some of these no, names. Lamas, Lamas, see, Lamas, I'm not going to say everyone's a bum, right? Like, I think Yari, obviously, going to smash him. Now, Lamas is legit, you know, tough wrestling, tough striking, good beauty background. That's, that's, that's a grind of a fight, and, and I'd love that, too. Now, what about friend of the show, Josh Emmett? Uh, Josh Emmett, slow, hit hard. I'd, I'll take him. I'd, I'd rather fight Josh Ricardo. <laughs> <laughs> Zabit Magomed Sharipov. How do you fare against hey, him? Hey, listen. That is that's the most exciting one you've made because I think he hasn't been exposed yet. He's too tall for the division, too weak, not enough strength. I'd take him down and, and smash him out. You know, he's fancy, and, and the first round he's super fast and explosive, but after that... He dies out. Now, what is your average day in training like? I'm listening to you talk about all these guys. I, I got like four more I want to list. Uh, you know, Hanato Moicano, Frankie got, Edgar. This, this stuff's sounding, making me sound really crappy, but this is exactly how I feel about it. I'm not trying to talk shit or anything. No, I, I love it. I'm, I'm absolutely loving it. I don't think you're sounding cocky at all. I, I love when a fighter is confident. It's not cockiness. It's confidence. You know yeah. who you are as a fighter. You know how well-rounded and, and complete that you are. And you just, you know, every fighter will, will say, I'm the best in the world. But you can say it and you can mean it. You know what I mean? You can feel it. And yeah, no, soon I, you'll be I'm able to prove it. And 145ers. You know? At the same time, 145ers can take you out. You know, it all takes one time. What do you see as far as uh, Max Holloway? That's, that's, that's like one of the easiest matchups in the top ten for a guy like me, you know? Max Holloway, another one. He hasn't he hasn't been like put through his paces. He's been he's been gifted guys that that don't know how to do a double leg. You don't want to take him down and and the and the good thing about Max is that he hits he hits like a pillow. And he, but the bad thing about him he has really good cardio. But I think he can he can be um, exposed super easily. I mean that's that's the thing is we never saw that the you know the whole Frankie Edgar thing that never. Would be a, and I think Frankie Edgar smashed you know like Brian, Brian you can say that he's going against a striker like as in Brian Ortega Brian Ortega had four takedowns he, going into the fight he had the worst takedown percentage I got everyone fourteen like percent the kid doesn't know how to wrestle no but you got to hand it to him man when he got Cub in that choke and was able to rewrap it like mid choke yeah. that was just that was beautiful. No, no, Ortega's legit. I mean, Holloway, Holloway's just a cardio, pillow-punching machine, but I think a guy like a guy like me just wrecks wreck, him. Now, the question that I... Especially five rounds. Cause he's cutting crazy weight. He can't, he can't laugh at crazy pace for five rounds. Now, the question that I kind of missed there for a second was... Um, What's your average day in training? I'm sorry, I kind of danced around that with more fighter questions. Man, it, well, like when I'm in camp, of course, you know, I'm training really hard, training a lot. I usually do um, 
like it depends on the day. It's super, super, uh, like um, not like consistent. You know, some days I'm doing three days, some days I'm doing two days. On sparring day, I do one, but I pretty much take no days off. Like even on Sunday, which is supposed to be my day off, I still do something because I don't, I just don't like letting my body idle. I don't feel good the next day. Well, a body in motion stays in motion. A body that fights yeah. will always fight. You know, it's one of those yeah, type of yeah. things. That... Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No. And my and my sessions aren't, aren't aren't crazy long. I'm more about like quality. But when I go in, like I'm trying to simulate fighting. Especially the, the closer I get to fighting, it's shorter. It's short. It's shorter sessions, but the sessions are super intense. You know, like yeah. I'm going six rounds, seven rounds, super hard of pads. And then that's all, you know. And then like, I do my warm up, and I do my finishing stretch and all that stuff. But uh, I, I mean, I think a lot of people mess up in training when they're, you know, they're when they're training for a three round or a five round fight, and they're saying, "Oh, I did three hours of training in the morning." I'm like, "Okay, well, too bad you're not going to fight for three hours." Well, that's what uh, we, I was just listening to an amateur fighter, uh, Al Morrow. He's a friend of the show as well, member of the team here, and uh, he just said that. He's taking a break from fighting until he can take it as seriously as he needs to, essentially. He wants to be able to tr- uh, train, I think it was three sessions, five times a week, he wants to be able to do. I'll never do that. I, I mean, like, some guys can. I, my problem is overtraining. Because, I mean, I could train three times a day, five times a week, but not at the intensity that I do. And, and not to toot my own horn, but no one at work thinks I'm training. Like I, I, I push super hard, and that's why I can go like at the at the pace I do and and spar and and fight like I do. You know, there's guys that can train longer than me and do two hour sessions, do, do more than me. But within 25 minutes, within 15 minutes, within you know five minute rounds, I'm not working anywhere. Now, what other weight classes would you play around with, if you don't mind my asking? Okay, so. I'm not that versatile in that sense because I, I'm I'm like I'm not a huge 45er at, by any means, right? I'm not I'm not tiny, but um, 55, 55 those guys are huge. Not have to gain weight, and then I'm also shorter, so I really wouldn't like 55. So the optimal division would be 35 for me, but I can't do that because my motorcycle axis messed up my body, and I don't have a, one of my kidneys, and I don't have a spleen. So cutting weight like that, I'll die. And uh, talk to us about that motorcycle action. That's something I actually didn't know about you. Yeah, I had a bad motorcycle like uh, eight years ago. And I almost died. I got airlifted, broke a ton of bones, got cut open, cut down the internal beam, all kinds of stuff. But, yeah, so it just messed me up in the sense that I can't cut weight that much and I can't drink a lot of water. I mean, i just missing some organs. <laughs> And what was the recovery process like going through that? I mean, it's good. It's good mental, mental strength toughening. You know, I don't recommend anyone to go to that kind of level to get that kind of mental strength. But, <laughs> but I mean, it wasn't that bad, honestly. That's fucking insane. You, oh yeah, I almost died, but you know, it wasn't that bad. Yeah, honestly, I mean, I mean, this guy, you got. It's just about like just rebuilding, you know, getting your muscle back, fixing like you know. I had I had a, a foot fade through went through my foot, so it, like severed my tendons in my foot. So that was like the worst thing. I took like three months my foot to start working right. That's fucking crazy, man. Well, you are a tougher person than I am. I mean, that goes without saying. 
there's a reason that I do MMA reporting and podcasting versus fighting. But, you know, that's a whole different story. Now, you said you can't do the band and weight because the weight cut lightweight is just too insane. Now, I mean, I, I mean I'm down to fight again, but, you know, if they give me a fight at 55, they, I'm, I'm, I'll do it. I can hit 55, of course, right? and I'll fight. But at 35, I could do just take, that's like a lot more longer of a process, you know? I would have to generally, like, lose muscle mass. Yeah, it would be a lot. You see, and that's the thing is, like, when guys go up in weight, generally the trend has been that they look better. You know, they can carry yeah. more power. They, they're they not yeah. cutting as much weight, so they're they're feeling healthier and better on fight night and, you know, not draining yeah. themselves. But you see guys like TJ Dillashaw who went down weight class, and, well, we see how that went. I don't know. I don't want I don't to like say that. that that's... Like, I think it could be banned for life. Honestly. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't, like, I think guys like that should be banned. You're injecting shit in your stuff. He should be, he should be banned, but... Well, they gave, be, like, uh... I believe it was Ruslan Magmedov a lifetime suspension. Yeah, but that was after, like, three times popping, you know? Yeah, you, you four times, you're fucked, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, the thing about me at 45, though, I mean, I feel amazing three hours after, after making weight, so that, that weight cut doesn't bother me. I'm great. It's a perfect division. Well, how much do you cut? If you don't mind, um, so like people, like people don't understand the real word cutting most of the time. Like you know, for the general public, like they, like they hear about like Glycine T-Bow and say he cuts like fifty pounds. He doesn't cut fifty pounds. He weighs fifty pounds over the weight limit, but when he gets a fight, he diets down and then he cuts you know the last fifteen pounds after that. You know? Yeah. Or how much? How much do you weigh before a fight? How much do you diet down? And then what's the the water cut that you do? So I, I barely diet down. I, I walk around. And like almost ready all the time. I just have to clean my my eating up for like a week. I, I'm just always lean, just naturally gifted. Like I gotta thank my mom for that. <laughs> but um, I usually cut like let's say the night before weigh-ins. I cut twelve like between the night before weigh-ins and weigh-ins. I cut around twelve pounds. I know a lot of these are repeat questions from our last interview, but you know how much Fine. do you cut an hour? An hour. Yeah, what do you cut in an hour? If I know this is these are weird questions, but you know you get guys like James Victor, like, oh, I can sit in the sun and cut fucking ten pounds in an hour. You know, well, good no, for no, you. No, definitely <laughs> <not>. <laughs> like, if I have six pounds left to go, with like a couple hours left, it takes me. It takes me like probably an hour every three pounds or something. But I mean, like, it just depends, man. Sometimes my body will lose it. Sometimes it won't. You know, sometimes it takes forever for one pound. Sometimes five pounds come off in in an hour and a half. Uh, so generally, you're like the Thanksgiving turkey. About a pound every three hours. You put it in the oven around 375, 400 degrees. And... Yeah. All right, I'm with you. No, I mean, I know we're... I don't want to wish that type of weather back on us. We finally just lost snow here. Oh, my God, it was brutal. No, no, we, I'm, in, I'm in Miami. It's nice as hell here. Oh, see, that's what I mean. You got to be down there in Florida. I'd rather be down there yeah. than where I'm at, man. Oh, my God, it, it was just brutal. I got a lot of respect. I got a lot of respect for every athlete that lives in the cold weather. That's what I mean. The New York winters are just like a six-month nut shot. That's the best way Again? I can describe it. A New York winter is like a six-month-long kick in the oh, nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's horrible. It's brutal. Like when it's so cold that it hurts your bones. Yeah, no. Listen, I I did a camp for a little bit in Cali, in San Diego, and like during the winter. And it was like 50 and 40 degrees, which is like nothing for you guys. But that shit was horrible. 
Yeah, dude, we got... When it gets down negative temperatures... No, I'll quit. Yeah. No, dude, like... Mm-mm. It's yeah, terrible. I don't understand how athletes even do it. Like, you know, I, I wake up super sore, and then to compound that with, with, with cold weather, dang. Now... Sorry, I got my uh, my text line is still blowing up. We mentioned how uh, I mentioned to you off the air. You said you gave out your number and you're still getting texts and calls from it. I gave out my number on the John Anik podcast, and I just got a message from somebody from that. Man, we're still going crazy. Now, what is you know? We know what you're like in the cage. We know that the monster that I don't want to see. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't want to get hurt by you. Like I watch you fight. I don't want to fight you. But what are you like outside of the cage? I know it's nothing. Like I'm, a, I'm a real nice, humble guy. You know, like I don't, I won't fight anyone outside the cage. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a professional athlete, and I'm, I'm super homebody. I stay home. I, I hang out with my family. I have a couple best friends, and I'm, and I'm in the gym all the time, and I'm hanging with my dog. So there's two parts of your life that you could say the sport and your family. Yeah, for sure. That's pretty much my life. There's this podcast and my family. And I love it. I wouldn't change it. Uh, we won't go that far. Take a couple no, no, mil in yeah, the bank I'm, account, I'm, I'm, you know what I mean? Like, Now, let me ask you a question. What was the, What's the deciding factor to go to the UFC to make... You know, upwards. You may, I don't know what the contracts look like or what your contract will look like. That's none of my business, personally. But why not try to sign with like PFL? To listen, I've been, I've been, I've been offered to sign with every organization in the world other than well, UFC. So now I got UFC coming. UFC is where I wanted to be. UFC is, you know, like the the number one. Supposedly the number one fighters in the world are there. I know now we got a bunch of organizations coming up with one and PFL, which are doing great, and I love them. But I want to be UFC champ. UFC champ. Then maybe when you're done, you clear out your division, you go make them that easy mill. Yeah, no, like I'm the, I'm down to fight other places, but right now, but my and since I've been a little kid, it's been UFC. I love UFC. I love Dana White. You know, all those guys are awesome, and and I want to I want to be a champ of that division. So. And who is your inspiration in mixed martial arts? George St. Pierre, that's the man right there. GSP. How do you think yeah. he'd fare current day like against Kamaru Usman? Oh, he'd smash Kamaru Usman. Oh, Randall would be throwing a fit if he was with us right now. Yeah, he would smash Kamaru Usman. Yeah, I, I, GSP's a man. Well, that's what I mean. Everybody said he was... How, how is he going to look now that he's been out for so long when he fought Bisping? And people's, oh, he's going to, you know, Bisping will kill him. And like He walked through Bisping, who was the champ at the time. Yeah, I think GSP just stopped, but against a guy like Kamar Usman, he'll wreck. I mean, I mean, there's a lot of guys I think that could beat Kamar. I want to see him against, you know, somebody who, who's as good a wrestler as he is. Listen, Ben Askren. That's ben what Askren. I'm saying. You know yeah, what I, I mean? Let's get Marty versus Ben Askren, man. Come on, let's do it. Yeah, Ben Askren. I mean, Colby Covington's good, too. That's going to be a good matchup, too. Oh, I'm really interested to see that. What do you make of Colby Covington's whole persona thing that he's doing here? This he's doing a good job. I mean, I'm, I'm not I'm not a kind of guy that likes doing that stuff, you know, like the disrespecting and all that thing, all that stuff. 
But Kevin Dean's doing a good job. He's talking smack. He's 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 building a fan base and or a hate base. Either one, they're both gonna sell tickets. And um, he's winning fights, so you can't hate on the guy. Yeah, his his thought process is no publicity is bad. You know. Yeah. No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if the fans love you or hate you. They're both the same thing. They're both gonna pay to watch you lose or win. Yeah, they're still gonna go onto your Facebook page or your Instagram to either yeah. like it or complain about it. You know, one way or another, you're getting mail from them. Exactly. Now, what? How do you feel that this? Uh, you know, regardless of whether or not you get the contract, you said it's gonna happen. I believe that it's gonna happen. What do you think, Dana White being in the building? Uh, you know, UFC being in, uh, in town and having fights the very next night. What do you think this does for your fighter stock? Say it one more time. Sorry, Joe. I said, well, you know, with the UFC being in town, Dana White being in the building, I believe you'll get the contract regardless of whether you do or not. What do you think all this does for your stock as a fighter? No, I'm getting the contract. One and two. And I just, it's, it's great, you know. This is actually best case, one of the best case scenarios going into the UFC. Because you're not just going in as like a no name, you know. You're you're they're doing a show about you. You're you're getting more recognition, more fans starting off. So you're sort of a little bit of a bigger name right off the bat. Yeah, and everybody loves seeing that thing as you're walking out. They're putting the Vaseline on the face. They got the thing off on the side, and it says "Comes from Dana White's looking for a fight." Yeah, everybody's gonna well, see that good. and know who you are. You yeah, know, this is great. It's really good. It's got to go out there and start on Friday, which I will do. Now, you've said you want that finish. Yeah, I mean, I always go for the finish. There's only, there's only been one time in my career where I haven't gone to the finish. My shoulder is broken and out. And the other time, I, I just didn't get the finish. I was still looking for it. That's what I mean. You know, you got out of 12 fights, you, you finished 10. That's still, that's insane. Yeah. Those are the type of things that... They're going to say when, you know, out of, out of this 13 fights, he's finished 10, or, you know, he's finished 11 of them. It's, it's going to be insane. And that's the type yeah. of hype that you're going to carry and, in with you. And also, and also, it's like, not just so people understand, you got lots of these guys, you're going to be a guy, like good record guys coming out of Brazil or coming out of Russia or coming out of Arkansas. The talent there is not the same. You know, talking about South Florida is one of the biggest best talent tools, like, best camps in the world, no? Because oh, there's no killers down there. Have many guys. I, there's yeah, a all the top guys here. bunch of killers that come out of South Florida. Yeah, and yeah I'm always fighting at Coconut Creek, I'm always fighting Hard Knock or Black Billion or MMA Masters, all these, all these gyms are, 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 have great, great guys, great training partners, and they produce good, high-quality high guys. Oh, that's what I mean, and, like, so, it's, it's very, very well known that your record is 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 set in stone you know that that 12 and 0 is against tough people there's people that can get yeah. their their undefeated records but they pad them you know what i mean they they yeah. take the easy yeah, fights yeah we see it all the time yeah like i I'd rather i rather fight a 7 and 4 guy i mean i'd rather fight an 8 and 0 guy from arkansas than a 7 and like 3 guy from from miami that's what i mean like why 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 would you not take the the true martial artist will challenge himself or herself. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that's what separates the people that do and don't make it. And that's why I believe that you're going to get this contract. Because no matter what, you're going to go back into the gym, you know, Saturday, Sunday, whenever you go back to the gym, 
and say, even though I had this performance, I can do better. How can I fix myself? And that's what is going to make you the best in the world. Yeah, no. Now, what is our... What do we have on the horizon after this? Do we have any plans for immediately after the fight? Are we trying to turn around? Are we going to take some time off? Uh, I'm looking to fight ASAP. So, I, I mean, I want, like, I'm going to get signed to UFC, and I want these two fights this year. I'll take three if they give it to me. But um, but outside the UFC, my plans are, as, as like, you know, as long as I have the ability and I have a fight booked right away, I want to go to Thailand for a month again and do some training there as well. I love going out there. <laughs> Now, Thailand, you saw it, oh my god, I mean, you watched the, not the last UFC card, not the Russia one, the one before that, you saw what uh, Quill Roundtree did to, to uh, Eric Anders, he spent all that time yeah. in, in Thailand, and oh my god, he came out a completely different fighter. Yeah, I've been to Thailand twice, and both times, each time for a month, and Thailand's just it's a great place, it's an awesome atmosphere, and great training, you know, I love going out there, like a vacation, but at the same time, training in friggin' Or six hours a day. So, you touched on this earlier briefly. Um, and I'm sorry, I just keep firing out questions here. Um, but you touched on this briefly. You said you diet down when we talked about the weight cuttings. What diets do you follow? Okay, so, the biggest thing I do is intermittent fasting. And I've been doing that for, like, ever now. You know, before it became a big thing. So, I normally, like, I eat whatever I want. But always stick to a, at least a 12-hour intermittent fasting, which is very low. And I do that, you know, 24-7 all my life. And then when I get closer to fight time, I, I, I extend it. And I do, like right now I'm doing 16 to 18 hours of uh, fasting every day. And that's the, for you, the easiest way to cut the weight. Yeah. And then, and then of course, as I get closer to the fight, like right now I'm doing carbless. I'm drinking, hyperhydrating, drinking tons of water. And, uh, you know, stay away from spices and all that stuff, you know? Yeah. All that basic stuff. So I don't even need to ask about how the weight cut went. It's going phenomenal. I, I no, my weight's it. great. I mean, this is not my first rodeo, you know? But I've been cutting weight forever, and, and I just, I'm used to it, and I know my body, and I'm, I'm right on pace. I'd like to be, like, maybe one pound lighter right now, but, I mean, I'm, I'm going to make weight. A true pro, a true gentleman. I really appreciate you coming in, man, and uh, taking the time. Uh, we're at the point in the interview, though. I know we're starting to run out of time. Uh, I know you've got some things you got to take care of. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to share love to your sponsors, friends, family, coaches, that guy that kind of smiled at you in Walmart that one time, whatever, yeah. man. Now's your opportunity. Don't leave anybody out. No, first of all, I'd like to thank you guys. Uh, I'd like to thank my management, first-round management, best MMA, best one of the best managers in the game. My gym, Freestyle Fighting Academy, trainers, Marcos Dave Avalon, and the uh, the realty firm in Key Largo, uh, in the Keys, the big uh, real estate company. Uh, they do a good job sponsoring me. And um, I think that's pretty much it, man. I mean, I know I'm probably losing people out, training partners and stuff, but I love you all, and um, I appreciate it, and thank you to all my fans. Well, hey, man, thank you for joining us. Ladies and gentlemen, Jason the Specimen Soares. Hey, this is Rob Wagner, and you're listening to the MMA Wreckage Radio. All right, and that is our show, guys. Thank you to Lex for taking some time out of his busy fight week. Same with Jason Soares, man. That championship fight is going to be killer. I'm really looking forward to that. Waleed, man, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate you burning the midnight oil over there. Thank you, brother. The other side of the world to come on over here and 
and work with us. We appreciate all the work that you do, man. It's beautiful. We love it, and we look forward to bringing you back to talk about this uh, UFC Fort Lauderdale card, man. It's going to be Thank good. You, brother. Hey, Anytime, brother. you got to watch that, that Titan FC event this weekend, guys. Uh, Friday night on Fight Pass. Randall, what time does that start? believe it starts at 4.30 my time, and that's Pacific, so it's, what, 7.30 over there? 7.30 on the East Coast. So, I mean, you want to watch fights two days in a row? Let's do it. I'm down. Come on, guys. Fights Listen, two days if in a row. Dana's, if Dana's willing to be there, it's yeah, got to be a good call. Something's got to be going on. Yeah, if Dana White's in the building, that means it's going to be worth watching. So tune in. And uh, Waleed, I'll tell you what, man. I'll tell you. I'll say it here on air. If you uh, you watch that card, we'll bring you on for a recap of that too. So make sure okay, you tune brother. in, brother. We gotta get this one done too. Okay, brother. Other than that, thank uh, you guys for joining us, and we will be back next week.